from the heart of Franklin, Texas, this is Dangerously Wrong. And we're back. Look at us two weeks in a row. Is this two weeks in a row? No. We missed last we week. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, our lives, are, our lives are hectic right now, but uh, something incredible has taken place. We have crested over 50 episodes. 50 wow. episodes. Can you Who would have thought? Who would have thought after 50 episodes? Some major news has broken in that span, and much of that is... Uh, is that uh, half of the Dangerously Wrong podcast is moving to Colorado and half of the Dangerously Wrong podcast. We'll have to redo the intro. It's no longer from the heart of Franklin, Texas. Nope. We'll have to work on that. But many of you have asked and we are uh, proud or happy. I don't know. Maybe you hate it. But the show's going to continue. Yes. We've got a model moving forward that we really like. And so you'll I'll be in Colorado. To, you'll just have to like bear with us for like a month or so yeah like figure out some learning and, some learning yeah. curves we pro- we won't be uh, with each other face to face but we're working on some technology things behind the scenes we've been doing some test episodes uh the format will change just a little bit and uh, we think you'll like the new format but the biggest news is that there are a few staples working their way into the new format and what has just been a huge fan favorite since its inception is our segment, David Reads Let's the News. Go. So here is the very talented... <laughs> hey, wearing normal clothes today, by the way. I'm the one not wearing... <laughs> I'm, I'm dressed like David new leaf. would be dressed. Well, that's because I, I ran and I'm about to work in the yard. So I'm in a uh, tank top like David would normally be rocking. Uh, clouds <laughs> out, guns out. Dave's in uh, Dave's in normal clothes today, uh, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, what you've all waited for? What David. you've all waited for? <laughs> Listen, Reason big news. news in the Twitter world, Bronson. Half of Joe Biden's Twitter followers are fake. But we still expected to believe that all of his voters were real. So my question to you was: the election stolen? Hmm. Who knows? Elon Musk. El- oh my gosh, I can't speak today. Elon Musk opened up about voting for the Democratic Party in the past, but he says he can no longer support them and will vote Republican for the foreseeable future or until they make him mad too. Biden's Build Back Better plan is going exactly how they imagined. Gas prices have now exceeded $4 a gallon in all 50 states. There's a nationwide baby formula shortage that has hit, which the FDA shut down a major baby formula manufacturing plant in February, but it took three months for Biden to invoke the defense production act just this wednesday so this could have been prevented or at least lessened the damage oh and inflation continues to rise the biden administration continues to shovel money to ukraine feeding a war instead of promoting peace but we shouldn't be surprised because the same thing is happening right in our backyard and i think we would i think we would all go for fully stocked shelves a dollar 80 gas 1.7 percent inflation in a mean tweet right about now the goat of college football sounds off on the purchase of players and gets a response from a crying clown who wears maroon. And then the best news of all, Kamala Harris no longer has to help David write papers. David's IQ really seemed to be dropping with each lesson from her. And that was your segment of David Reason Wow. News. And don't forget, kids, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Unless you can't achieve it, then believe something else. <laughs> this is- that sounds like Kamala. <laughs> <laughs> oh man hey there's a there's a lot of great news a lot of that we are going to cover in the show today 
And um, let's start right there. Let's start with the clown down the road because that's in our own backyard. The I thought that was interesting. We know that uh, not everyone on here is a, a sports fan, although many of you are. And interesting development this week. Nick Saban goes on and says, hey, the difference between Alabama – Nick Saban is the coach at Alabama. The difference between Alabama and Texas A&M is that Texas A&M bought all their players. Now, let's just – let's state some facts here. Texas A&M did buy all their players. That's a fact. What's also a fact is that's legal. They, yeah. they didn't do anything Saban illegal. never said anything of the sorts of that's illegal what they did. Correct. He's just saying what we've covered on this show, which is that if that's your approach, you're not going to be able to do it forever. Right. No one has unlimited pockets. Even though Texas A&M has very deep pockets. No one has unlimited pockets. And Saban's point is that it's creating a situation that's uncontinuable, right? It's an it's an untenable situation. It can't go on forever. And so as the resident uh, Saban supporter in the room, what say you about this tiff between old Saban and Jimbo? Well, I think you got to go back, and Saban has warned college football of this NIL stuff since – it's been begin to be talked about. He said it wouldn't be good for college football. He warned us of what would happen. Um, and here we are. Like, and, and I pulled up, a, I should I should have it pulled up, but like, it, it makes so much sense, right, as Saban begins to unpack this, right? And we just look at Texas A&M because ultimately he didn't have a huge portion about Texas A&M. It's just a small portion, but Jimbo had to have a whole... Uh, interview about it but let's just look at this 2018 Texas A&M had zero five stars 2019 two five stars 2020 two five stars 2021 one five star NIL deal introduced 2022 seven five stars in the highest rated class of all time it makes perfect sense right and so I think this is what Saban was trying to warn people about and let's just be honest, they purchased players. Everybody's doing it. Saban didn't say that they weren't doing it. You've got to do it if you want to compete. In fact, if I remember correctly, Nick Saban came out and said, hey, Bryce Young's deal, right? He was the one that reported what Bryce Young had. Well, he to was, be right. fair, Bryce Young was already at Alabama. He hadn't Correct. even stepped but on the field. it was Saban that reported the deal. It wasn't like uncovered right. that Bryce Young has this huge deal. Saban right. said, hey, we got a deal. We got a guy making a million right. dollars. But I think his whole point was is that they were doing it right. Like Bryce Young hired an agent, and he went and sought out those deals on his own with an agent. What Tex A&M is doing is saying, hey, we have these deals for you. If you'll come play for us, here's this deal. All right, here's my, here's my deal. The Aggies are easy to dislike. Well, yeah, they suck. Okay. I didn't say that. They are obnoxious. They have done nothing significant in a really long time. And they are God's gift to every sport out there. So they say. Here's my issue. I've got no problem with Texas A&M lining up deals to bring their players. I, I don't know that this is going to send the playing field in the direction that potentially Nick Saban thinks it's sending the direction. Because, I'll give you this example, 
the University of Houston, who is not a big player and who does not have deep pockets, is in the fourth largest city in the U.S. and has been producing some major basketball recruiting classes. If you haven't looked, with the exception, certainly Baylor won the national championship two years ago, but tech, but U of H was in that Final Four. Don't yeah. forget, and over the last I don't know ten years, it's it, my facts are a little off here. It's U of H basketball is in the last six seven years is like is the most successful team in Texas. One of I think they they trail only Gonzaga in most successful. Well, you know, what's one of the things? Well, Tillman Fertitta came on the scene. He's got a lot of money. The you know, the the city of Houston has a lot of money. These guys are signing NIL deals with corporations. There's something like 40 Fortune 500 companies that are based out of Houston. So, I don't know that it's as bad of a deal as Saban is making out to be. Saban has every right to complain because that's his job. He wants to win. Right. And Jimbo Fisher has every right to complain because that's his job. Here's what here's my whole issue with the whole thing. Jimbo said that Saban was attacking 17-year-old kids and their families. That's a lie. Yeah. Okay? That's not who Saban was attacking. We Saban was attacking Jimbo. Yeah. Period. That's who he was attacking. Who all of a sudden 38 times assistants have tried to beat Nick Saban and they failed. Finally, Jimbo does it on a awful we, – we all remember the game. It was far from a beatdown. It was at Kyle Field, whole, whole game-winning field goal. Okay. But now all of a sudden it's like Jimbo Jimbo's like now empowered to just go after Saban because he, he – there's only one reason. He thinks that's good for the brand. And here's where, here's where I get. He said on that stage and he said – a grown man attacking 17-year-old kids and their families. That's what he said. Why did he say that, David? Did he mean it? No. No. He said it for recruiting purposes. Jimbo sounds a lot like a liberal. Yeah. Jimbo's playing identity politics and victimization. Jimbo Fisher, who I think makes as much. He makes 30 mil. Yeah, he's That's he's right deal. there with Saban. Yeah, he has the some of the nicest facilities in all of college football. Don't forget, he's not the little engine that could. His team's in the SEC. Yeah, they have a hundred thousand seat stadium. They have more money than Alabama for, for sure. For okay, sure. and you you just had the number one recruiting class, and you want to sit on the stage and say it's just not fair, man. Nick Saban came after seventeen year old kids. 17-year-old kids and their families. Stop it. I think the thing that made me the most angry about the whole ordeal was like Saban, everything Saban said was was to a point factual. And all Jimbo had to do was like, that's the state of college football today. That's okay. Look, Saban's complaining. Saban's complaining because Texas A and M is doing a better job of lining up resources to pay their players than Alabama is. That's a fact. Okay. Sure. And listen, I would prefer that Saban wouldn't complain about it. Yeah. It sounds a little whiny. Okay. You lost Alabama and you lost the national championship game. I would prefer the Bill Belichick approach. Of hey, no days off, no excuses. We're back. We're grinding. Hey, what about let let a reporter ask? 
hey, what about A&M paying all these players? And let him say, I think, next question. I think people misunderstand. Saban's just warning college football. No, stop it. Yes, stop. he is. David Oglesby. Saban because is... Saban's going to go, okay, this is how you want to do it. I'm going to get this figured out. And when I absolutely shatter records with the recruiting classes, y'all are going to be ticked off no. because I'm paying players. No, it's the that's same exactly thing. what's going to happen. No, Mark my s- words. Okay. Mark it. That's fine. Mark it's it. the same thing. Right Saban's, not, notepad right Saban's there. not interested in saving college football. He's not trying to save college Saban's football. Saban's interested. He's trying to warn college football. No, he's not. Yes, he's not he trying is. to warn. Why would he warn something that he thinks he can exploit? Saban is interested in winning games, period, end of story. He is interested in Because when he does it, everyone gets ticked off. He's continuing to put – that's the problem of being on top. People hate Bill Belichick also. So people he's just hate Tom saying, Brady. this is the – I'm warning you. No, there's he no need. He warned people about the transfer portal. And what nope. does he go and do? Exactly. There's no need he to warn people. He forms a power team. It's a sales pitch. My point is, he at the them. end of the day, both these guys are complaining. But I hate – And they're lucky he didn't – He they're lucky he didn't add the Jordan Addison kid. What happened there? How's Jordan Addison go coast to coast? Money, money, money. Exactly. Dollar, dollar, dollar. So that's why that's why Saban's bringing it up because it used to be about pro development and Saban was getting all those guys. Now it's about money. Saban hasn't figured out how to get them all, and he's mad. Just quit complaining. Close your mouth. Go to work. Okay? It's about competing, and we've lost that today. So at the end of the day, I think you got to have a little integrity. You're both putting on an act. Neither of you are completely telling the truth. And it segues me into my next thing. Last night, we go out to the ranch. We have a softball game. As you know, I love 10U girls softball. It's he the loves most, it. It's, it's his the most painful experience do. I've ever. I'd rather. There's a would mil- you do it again? No. I would have six colonoscopies before I'll coach 10U girls softball <laughs> again. Hear that, David Mack? Uh, yeah. Um, and here's what happened. No, no umpire showed up. Wow. No umpire shows up. So, I mentioned... The other coach has the other team has two coaches. We have me and Mr. Ken, but he was at Bible study. Okay, so it's me by myself. They have two coaches. So I say, why don't one of your coaches umpire the game? You sure you're okay with this? Yeah, I'm fine. We're, it's ten year girls softball, <laughs> I see where this is going right? Like, on. where are we gonna? It's calling balls and strikes. That's there's literally nothing involved. Yeah, we're visitors. First girl gets a bat, walk. This is how it happens. She steals. Second girl walk. Third girl walk. So we have three runs in. Fourth girl. Uh, is on second base, pass ball, pass ball. Catcher misses the ball. Girl runs to third. Umpire calls her out. You left early. Do what? First off, you're standing behind the plate by yourself. How how are you calling balls and strikes and watching a girl on second base? But anyways, calls her out. That's a pretty controversial call to enter into when you're a fill-in umpire. Yeah. Okay, next girl. So that girl that's at the plate walks. There's a play at the plate. She doesn't slide. She calls her out. That's another controversial call. She called her out for slide? she called her out for not sliding. If a play is happening, you're supposed to slide. The ball is in the process of being thrown from the backstop to the pitcher, right? It's not like it was a bang bang play. Judgment call. She calls her out. That's how the inning ended. Then it happened with our very next girl. So we got three outs all on judgment calls. Judgment call on two plays at the plate for not sliding. The ball's nowhere near them. And a and a judgment call of a girl leaving second base early. How did Bronson react? Bronson didn't say anything. And what surprising, was surprising because Bronson's on the way out. Just what was amazing was I called our team up. I called our team up and I said, "Hey, every game we learn a lesson. What are they?" And I walked our girls through two two 
two games ago, what did we learn? To compete. What did we learn last week? Bracing goes, you punch a bully in the face. Like, <laughs> yes, that's right. This team was just trying to bully us around. We lost the game, but we, we hey, you guys stare down a bully. And I said, you know what? We're about to learn a lesson today called integrity. It's doing what's right even when it's not convenient. And the fact of the matter is, is that coach couldn't umpire with integrity. And the reason I didn't say anything is because you parents out there know it's worse to let your kid's conscience eat them up than for you to eat them up. And at the end of the game, that that lady's conscience had eaten her up. And she's over in front of our dugout, like just trying to small talk my favor back in. And even to the point that Leah said, hey, you let her you let her go stew in her own conscience and it and it rotted her. But it's just a good reminder. Kids to college football coaches to softball coaches in between, we struggle to live with integrity. And um that's what I'm gonna talk about at graduation speech on Friday. So be able to be there. <laughs> Round one, I think, goes to Jimbo here, though, mm-hmm. honestly, in this fight. Whatever. Because I'm not in this for Jimbo a fight. has drawn Saban down to his level. Saban, you know what he should say? My, how many championships does he have? National championships. He's got seven. Seven. What what Saban should say is, "Hey, call me when you get two, Jimbo." Who, by the way, Mister Jimbo? I mean, let's talk about the players that Jimbo coached. They're not exactly upstanding citizens, right? So, uh, anyways, big news today is that uh, Alabama by thirty. Uh, yeah, probably something like that. Big news today. I am now joined by my new co-host, who's a baby daddy. Baby daddy. In the Dave house. somehow has managed. I know how it works, guys. I promise. He's managed to figure it out. Enough <laughs> YouTube videos and voila. Voila. He, he realized you what. Find, you can figure out anything. He realized what he days. was doing wrong. And so he and Lauren are expecting a baby October, November. November. And so. We had this uh, deal kind of come through. We haven't really had a chance to cover it, but this Roe v. Wade issue, now as a parent, what do you make of the leaked report and just the general response to it from people in general? Well, it definitely was leaked on purpose. Uh, My guess is, well, it's not a guess, it's factual. The left didn't like how the voting panned out. Um. Obviously, the vote was to overturn Roe v. Wade. They didn't like that, and so they leak it. Okay, let's make a mess of this. Let's let everybody know before this thing finalizes what's happened, um, and we'll create an uproar. And that's exactly what they did. That's what they do with everything that they dislike or they don't agree with. Um, And so, leak, not surprised. Um, So you can't really be mad about it. Um, I think it goes back to your point of integrity. Like, you lost, just suck it up, you know, whatever. Uh, But not shocked, not surprised. Mm, And I'm not going to lie, I didn't, I hadn't been paying attention for like the last couple weeks. So I didn't even know this was going on until I saw the leak. And so, one, it's like a, all right, victory for the good guys. But to also like, okay, they're going to try to do everything they can to overturn this. And so there's a, there's a lot to it. And we just have a few minutes left. Um, one, 
I think if you're a listener out there, you've got to be really careful to watch the game that's taking place. And unfortunately, we don't have media that's going to point you to it. Okay, There's a game that's going on. It's going right before your very eyes. It has nothing to do with abortion. Don't miss this. The prevailing answer when asked about abortion, when abortion, who can have an abortion, is that men shouldn't be making decision for, decisions for women's bodies, right? That's the prevailing yeah. thought is that it's a woman's right to choose. Now, they make sure you understand because the Supreme Court nominee said that she doesn't know what a woman is. So we've got a game of misdirection on purpose. Right. It's a woman's right to choose. But what's a woman? It can't be a woman's choice. The party who can't define women can't turn around then and say it's a woman's choice. Yeah. All right. I want to go a second area here. Number two. It's that, hey, you've got these situations. You've got these situations of, um, hey, uh, these women don't want to have a kid because it may interfere with their life. It may interfere, right? This is an undue burden, right? This... Uh, you're 22 years old, you can't even get out of college, and we shouldn't put this burden on women, okay? We shouldn't put this burden on women. So at what point then does the burden not fall on the woman? When the kid's seven and the woman loses her job or something and she's got four kids and they're too expensive, then do we draw the line there? What? That kid gets ready to drive. She can't afford a car. Hey, this one, this child's just too expensive. I can't afford a car. I can kill it now. You, this is not crazy. I'm not crazy. You this, sound a little crazy. This kid gets ready to go off to college. Can't afford college. Can't afford college. Can I just... So you've got to make sure that you understand. Don't get drawn into the emotional argument. I think that's the problem that Christians have gotten themselves drawn into on this deal is that there's some very factual pieces that say, hey, in virtually every state, if you're pregnant and someone kills you and the baby inside of you, that person's charged with two murders. So the fact that it's a woman's right to choose. Okay, here's the last piece. What if that woman is standing on the edge of a bridge about to jump off and there's police there? Then how come we don't say, well, her body, her choice? Why do we even send police to talk her off? The ledge. What she wants to commit her. She wants to commit suicide. Why do we even send counselors or negotiators to say, "Hey, what, I, what happened to her body? Her choice." Yeah. Furthermore, now I didn't even plan four point four. Then how do you mandate a vaccine? So that to say, her body, her choice. My body, my choice. No, no, not exactly. Because the deal was, if it saves one life, right. That's what yeah. we said. Wear a mask, get a vaccine. Why? Because if it just saves one life, it's worth it. So BLM, unless it's a black baby. Her woman, her choice. What if it's a female baby? There's a million things. Nothing makes sense. I don't think the issue is argue back. I think it is hold them to the holes in their argument. Yeah. It is not our job to argue the intricacies. You could say, there's another one, it's not a constitutional right. Well, the Declaration of Independence says, all men are created equal and endowed with certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, endowed by their creator. Well, what does Psalm 139 say? You knit me together in my mother's womb. So the creator knit you together. That means life is in the womb. I, 
you know, you can make an argument about conception, I guess. But if I'm just trying to off the cuff here, say no matter which way you argue this, they have no good argument. You want to have a conversation with me about rape, murder, incest, miscarriage, health of the mom, health of the baby. I'll have that conversation with you all day. And this is what I would encourage Christians out there. Do not get caught up in the overturning of Roe v. Wade. That is not the battle. Yeah. That's not it. The battle is that you have people today who are saying they're okay killing a nine-month-old. Yeah. Roe v. Wade's not going to fix that. Yeah. What's going to fix that is Jesus. And so don't get caught up. If the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, the battle changes none. Because all it does is goes to the states where it yeah. should belong to begin with. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I think this is the biggest piece that you can't forget is that it's a shell game. It's a misinformation game. It's done on purpose. And the purpose is to draw emotional people in. And I think by and large, we look at these problems. Which and we, we say, are very emotional people today. For sure. But I, I think a big piece is we just don't know how to have, we don't know how to have arguments because everything's, deal. we, we were going to get We don't know how this. to have conversations anymore. You None. Know? Right. And like, like if you looked at this from a like just a political standpoint, and just had the political argument. I just watched a video earlier, um, and this man and woman they were having a conversation um, in like a court setting, and she was defending life. He was obviously defending the right for abortion, and a. One of the big arguments, I would say one of the biggest arguments they just like to throw out there to throw out there is this rape incest yeah, argument, right? Which I believe is one percent. I, I think not it's even point one, something percent. Not even one yeah. percent, right? Of of all abortions, and the lady just clapped back and said, "Well, if we made an exception for rape and incest, would you vote for it?" And he was just like, "Nope," and he just like ended the conversation. Right. And so it's like. There, it's all or nothing for them. There's no compromise. There's no, there's no finding common ground. If you just want to look at it from a political perspective, it's all what they want or it's none of it. Well, and I, I don't know that they want it. Their donors want it, and they can't step out of line. It, it's just, it's amazing to say, hey, do you support the right to an abortion? Uh, up to birth. Well, then what's birth, right? They play this game. Yeah. Up to minutes before. Well, how do we know when minutes before? And at the end of the day, it's because their donors are controlling them. And, you know, if you go if you go all the way back, you know, we go all the way back to this word integrity. Um, I mean, it's, it's a huge piece. It's why the Hunter Biden story matters. It's why Joe Biden would be, be at Ukraine. It's why the, the money for the war matters. It, it's... It's doing what's right versus what's convenient, what's your interest, whatever the case may be. And at the end of the day, it is absolutely incredible that in 2022 in the United States of America, you have a situation where we are we are putting we are putting ourselves as a country on the same level as China and North Korea. Right, those are the two countries 
that have similar abortion situations. We are far more liberal than the most liberal European countries in our abortion laws. And you have you have people today saying they are okay killing a baby that is seconds from being birthed. Despicable. Even seconds after. Seconds after birth. Like absolutely despicable. And so it's it's a it's a disgusting thing to talk about. It kind of makes you doesn't kind of makes you angry. And as someone who has two daughters and as someone who will be a dad in November, like I can't imagine. Like just just this week, just Tuesday, we were we were at the birth center and we were doing an ultrasound. Right. Fourteen weeks, and that sucker is moving. Yep. It's kicking. It's throwing right. its arms around like. Like it's obviously a living being. Yeah. Right? Well, you hear a heartbeat. Hear a heartbeat. You know, and so like, and those things don't start at fourteen weeks. That's been developed from day one. Right. And so it's a it's a pretty disgusting argument to have to have. Um, I feel like this shouldn't even be a topic of conversation. Um, I'm not surprised that it is. Well, here's um, the deal. I think most people. I think by and large. It's funny you talk about most Twitter followers are fake. I think if you just walked out on the street and you began asking people, are you for or against killing a nine-month-old? I'm going to put the number at overwhelmingly 70, 80, maybe even 90% of people. Like That's a far extremist view if you just... Now, I know you can't make... Major decision from a 30,000-foot view. But if you just said, hey, are you against killing a a healthy nine-month-old baby? Yeah. I think the killing babies at nine months, which the state of Colorado, where I'm moving to, allows, by the way. I think most people would say, I'm against that. But these these politicians are on the hook. They are compromised. And... Uh, at the end of the day, you want to know why the world looks like this? Read scripture. It said it was going to get this way. So it's no surprise. No but surprise. Any and big any big plans this weekend for the Oglesby clan? You got family coming in town. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, today. Oh, today? We'll here today. Saturday, we'll hang out a little bit. We'll go to the Crawfish yeah. Festival. We'll then head over to Waco. Okay. Just for the afternoon. That's what y'all always do. Yeah, Your family well, so loves my gran- Waco. So my, well, my grandmother, who's never come, is coming. Okay. And my mom wants to take her to do something. And so we're going to go to Waco, go to Magnolia. We'll have dinner over there. All that good stuff. Then Sunday, we have student-led Sunday. Going to be yep. a huge Sunday. Then Sunday night's our ordination service. Um, so normally where I would just sit on my couch, I'm doing all the things. Instead, that's what I'm doing. Because so. I'm like an unemployed pastor right now. Kind of ish. It's good news. It's an ish. It's an ish. That's right. It's an ish. I'm kind of employed at two places right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, it's just a different job right now. So working on it, trying to get the house sold, and uh, a lot of things like that. But we hope that wherever your plans take you this weekend, or if you're catching this on the front of next week, that it was a great weekend. We appreciate you tuning in. It's likely everything you heard is dangerously wrong, but maybe, just maybe, we've been dangerously right. We appreciate you listening. Like it. Share it. We'll see you next week. Bye.